we're adult men now. <laughs> is that what you kicking, wanted him to say? Ki- kicking back uh, with a little king. Um, this is not sponsored. They're, um, nothing on this show is. That's your pet name for me, though, right? Are, wait, are you drinking something? Or <laughs> little, yeah, you're, you're, you're my little king, Jake. You're my little king. Watch out, All little right. Nas. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Rocks. Oh. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Uh, hello and welcome. Lobos is really cut. cool. <laughs> Take cover, Chai. <laughs> uh, everyone should go look that clip up and watch it. It's mandatory viewing before we get into this. I know, I know. Um, Kickass is <laughs> was voted out in the first round, but uh, that clip is peak cage. But it was because it didn't have enough cage, so you know, like you know, it's good, right? Anyway, the Nicholas Cage was distilled into that one moment, and it shone through brilliantly. <laughs> I hope Matthew never gets a chance to introduce this uh, episode. No, no, Matthew, Just Matthew go, I, ahead, uh, go ahead, go for it. Hello and welcome. We're Did the you guys Tuff see Cut the Montero podcast. music video? It was really good. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of gross sounds coming out of my mouth. <laughs> you're just gonna, it's okay. I can just. Out. He's going to bloop, bloop. <laughs> Drag slight. <laughs> Easy peasy. All right. For the fifth time. <laughs> hello and welcome. We're the Tough Cut Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Jake. And this is episode 12. Wow. Part four. We've reached a dozen. Of our Nicolas Cage bracket. Yeah, we've done a dozen episodes um, and we're wrapping up three, three, Ooh. three brackets. Ugh, not a baker's dozen. But our baker's dozen is going to be a doozy, isn't it? Ooh, that's right. Wait, we're going to have like a perfect baker's. That's great. I like that. That's good. That's energy. so fun. We could edit little photos of us in baker's hats. We could. No, you guys, you guys don't like that. You didn't sound very excited. <laughs> I said we could. <laughs> yeah, but that's not like an excitement. That is like, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. That's like, yeah, we could. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine us hey. little chef hats. Whatever, man. Uh, coming up ooh, in the... What's under the chef hats? Little rats? Us recording the podcast is just us being us being ratatouille I hope mine's a little lizard. <laughs> Rango. <laughs> Gord Verbinski, also directed. So if you've somehow made it here and haven't seen all the previous episodes, I'm going to spoil the entire bracket for you. Uh, It's face off versus adaptation coming at you in the second half of the episode. But before we get there, uh, we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. Unless Jake has something to say (laughs) before we hop into that. By now, like we talk about movies, so we're going to be spoiling these movies, maybe even some of the honorable mentions if they have like funny moments that we remember, too. So just a warning, we spoil movies. All right, I did my job. Um, we've mentioned this several, several times, but potential content warnings, if you <laughs> still haven't seen these movies, um, there are depictions of car crashes and adaptation and some sexual harassment and violence and face-off. Uh, with that, we're not jumping into talking about adaptation and face-off just yet. Let's do some honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Yeah. yeah. With some from the audience, as now we have an audience to suggest things. I know. Uh, thank you guys so much <laughs> for, you know, reaching out. We got some, like, good suggestions. Uh, you know, good, yeah. good. Not as many kajisms if I would have wanted, if I'm going to be frank. Jake, you you could jizz all over the place enough for the for us and our audience, I think. Wow. Thank you. If you didn't see those, us asking for honorable mentions... 
Uh, you can find them on social media at Tough Cut Pod. We post. We make jokes sometimes. We and, do um, post. Sometimes we ask questions. I can confirm that much that we do post. Uh, so who wants to start us off with the honorable mentions here? I-, I can start us off. Doing this bracket, I came to the realization that I have not seen many Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, not nearly as many as I thought I had. And I th- truly think that someone in our audience uh, is in the same position as me because they suggested Ghost Rider as one of the honorable mentions. And while I also do enjoy this movie, I would not consider it a good movie by any means. You prefer Spirit of Vengeance, huh? That makes sense. (laughs) I just I don't know. There's something about the like wet guy. Which one is the which one is the like wet guy in? Is that in this one or Spirit of Vengeance? Isn't does wait, he fight which like, one's the you, wet guy? Wait, you 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 guys have seen Spirit of Vengeance? Like you've actually seen yeah. it? So. Yeah, wait, have people you have seen that movie. Is the wet guy not in the first one? <laughs> which one is the wet guy in? Does, I, like I, he fights like he's fighting the devil, and then there are also like three stooges that are like other Marvel that's the villains, first one. and one of them is like a slimy wet guy. Oh, that's the first one. I'm pretty sure I did see Spirit of Vengeance. I didn't know anyone had actually seen it. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely did. I definitely did. It was during that time where it's just like you know, I was young. My family wanted to watch a movie. Nicholas Cage on fire. You can't get better than that. I think my favorite part of Ghost Rider has to be Nick Cage's CGI abs. <laughs> they look so real. Uh, the man looks so fit. I'm looking at these these pictures of, of Nicolas Cage with his CGI abs. In all these yeah. photos, he's really wet and sweaty because the fire is hot. <laughs> Maybe he's the wet man. Are you sure he wasn't fighting himself a la adaptation and face-off? <laughs> Wait, guys, there's a picture. There's a picture where he's really wet and sticky, um, as in sweaty. And he's looking in a mirror. Is it face off? Well, <laughs> he's got abs. It's uh, probably a reference to face uh, to face off. Uh, piggybacking on yeah. just kind of like sequels or whatever. I feel like I'd be remiss. I really honestly National Treasure 2 guys book of secrets. Uh, also, someone else <laughs> said one of our fans literally said as a kid, I always like this one more and then put ellipses afterwards. So they also regretted it, too. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just know that be it be this person, you know, I'm riding with you till the end of the line. National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets is the superior national treasure. Do you have yeah. any others, Matthew? I, I, I guess in a, a similar vein to one that was called out by the audience. This one was on my um, honorable mentions list. Just because, it, I mean, it was it's very, very recent. Uh, but also, I, I found it surprisingly fun. Uh, but Willy's Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's basically Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Nick Cage, where he just beats the absolute hell Wait, out of a bunch of animatronics. Wait, was this the Five Nights of Freddy's? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, like, a friend of mine was, like, talk because, like, two people uh, recommended Willy's Wonderland, actually. And I have a friend who was really trying to get me to watch this movie, and I had no idea about it. But the way she was describing it was so different to the way you just described it. So I pictured them as two different movies. How did she describe it? He, she just described it as like, you know, he never speaks and it's amazing, you know, like Mandy, but more like woo, you know, more like. Oh, God. Yeah, that. Um. I don't. <laughs> I took. I uh, took it as more like Mandy, uh, because you, know, uh, the you not took it as thing. like Mandy. It is not like Mandy. <laughs> uh, you uh, should have told me that honestly. So I went into it and just fucking had my mind blown. Because I will uh, watch. Yeah, I will watch. I, it. I, that would be the most fearful universe because you would go into it, then text me, be like, "Man, that movie was so much like Mandy," and I'd be like, 
uh excuse me dude are you off your fucking rocker <laughs> like i usually am i usually am no i really want to see that one it just sounds so it was fun. actually a lot of fun um i don't think it's a great movie but it's a fun <laughs> movie as we've learned from Nicolas cage <laughs> uh so I mean, I feel like one that both you and I share is mom and dad. We we yeah. both really wanted to put it in the bracket, which you could tell the people more about mom and dad if you want. Basically, it is Nick Cage living a suburban family life when suddenly, um, I believe that the term is sounding. Let me double check. Um, or no, that's 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 a penis thing, isn't it? Um, what's the term? <laughs> it's called docking. That's what you're looking for. The term docking. <laughs> savaging. Savaging Why is the term. Why did you do a penis thing? Uh, because the t- sounding thing? versus savaging. Uh, basically, well, okay, there's this wait, term. Matt, in- what Matt? What is sounding? Um, I don't know. It's it just when I looked it up, it said urethral sounding, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not the term I'm looking Wait, can for. Can we sing with our penis? Uh, the answer is no. Boom. Um, the answer is uh, yours, Ken. I've seen Alvin and the Chipmunks. How else <laughs> wait, did they make those voices? Wait, 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 wait. Ever wait, wondered wait. why Theodore's voice doesn't sound just like Justin Timberlake, yet Justin Timberlake is credited? Think about it. Wait, wait. He is. Yeah, Justin uh, Timberlake plays Theodore in the live action or in the like live action. <laughs> live action. What? <laughs> that should have been animal protagonist. We're fucking idiots, guys. It should have been. Wow. Honestly, I so think. Funny. Yeah that the, that that bracket had the most scuffed picks. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> all except for Mouse Hunt. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, missed opportunity. <laughs> Alex, do you have another uh, honorable mention before we get more into our uh, fans? I I don't have an honorable mention, but I do have a game. So I mentioned in our last episode that my phone has been bombarded with ads for Nicolas, Nicolas Cage's <laughs> new hot movie, Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> I watched it, and I have a little game, because you guys have not watched it or read much about it, correct? Correct. No. Yeah. No, other than so, seeing lots of ads. It did get actually recommended to me by the same friend who recommended Willy's Wonderland. Fun fact. Okay, I think your, Jake, your friend I will is... tell you, <laughs> if someone recommended this movie to you, they're doing you dirty. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you some multiple choice questions uh, with answers uh, about things that exist or happen in this movie. And I just want you to, to, to tell me what you guys think the answer is. Oh no! Okay, are Jake and I on a First team? Question. Uh, you're <laughs> Do on you a team immediately want this to be competitive? No, I want to be on a team with you, Jake. Okay, cool. cool. You're my okay, little you, king. You guys are on a yeah. team. You guys have to decide together which which answer you're guessing. Okay, okay. Okay. First question. Pretty easy. Which character does Nicolas Cage play? A silent and vaguely racist martial arts master. Oh, uh, no. The main character, but from the future, or a crazy and disheveled man who talks in circles and doesn't fit the tone of the movie at all. I feel like I feel like so the movie's titled jujitsu that props it up super easy for a swing and a home run for the racially insensitive Nick Cage. Exactly. But the detail on the disheveled man who doesn't fit the tone of the movies (laughs) kind of got me like, hmm. What if it's a trick and it's AMC? What if it is? Yeah. What if it is a but like it's also C, you know, like. (laughs) <laughs> this is a trick he question. Also, it's both A and C. And I, he's I also from think, the future. <laughs> I still think we should go with A. That's my <laughs> final answer. I want to see vaguely racist Nicholas Cage. I'll, I'll 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 concede to Jake. Jake, we'll we'll go with A. The answer 
is C. Uh, oh he my gosh. talks in circles. Um, half the things he say don't make sense. Uh, he almost acts as if he's like a voice of reason from the audience. Um, because the main <laughs> character loses his memory. And so Nicolas Cage is like, why can't you remember things? And he's like, I don't know. And that's it. Okay. The plot of the movie. Every amount of time, uh, a big alien comes and they have to fight it. And uh, it has to fight nine people and then it leaves. And if it doesn't fight nine people, uh, it's going to devour and destroy the world. Okay. Uh, and in the woods. every the woods. time this has happened, the alien kills the nine people that it fights. Mm. How many years apart does this alien come to Earth? Every six years? Every 30 years? Or it's totally random? Wait. Wait, okay, so here's the thing. I thought you were saying that, like, I thought you were giving multiple choice questions no, no. on What I said before just, the multiple choice true. is the plot of the movie. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> that's so just, six that's years, just fucking... 30 years, or it's totally random? I, it has to be totally random. Bear in mind. Bear in mind that this alien kills the nine people it fights every time it comes to the to Earth, and I, the nine people have to be from this secret organization of jujitsu fighters who are dedicated to fighting the I, alien. I yeah. think Alex is is I I think it's got to be six years because Alex is pushing so hard that it's nine people that have to die. So if it's the shortest period of time that nine people from a secret organization have to repeatedly die every every time, it's got to be six. It has to be six years. I'm going with C. I'm splitting the vote. It is every six years. Isn't that crazy? By the way, it's tied to a comet that uh, flies over Earth every six years. And for some reason, when the comet flies over, it opens a portal in the basement of a temple that the alien comes through. Well, that makes sense. That part makes sense. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. For half a second on that point. Uh Uh-huh. How'd the portal, the portal's just always been there? So I'm pretty sure the alien (laughs) many years ago came to Earth and made the portal and taught uh, this organization how to use jujitsu. And then was uh, like, now you have to fight me. And then he left and then he came back and he just kills them every time he comes back and then he leaves again. I like the idea that presumably they want to pick like their nine strongest fighters to fight this alien. But since it comes back every six years, they don't have enough time to train people to be competent enough. Um, okay. The main character, Jake, uh, his name is Jake. Um, oh, oh no. <laughs> he, he gets uh, taken in by the military. How does he escape the military? A, a secret ninja friend breaks him out in a big action sequence. Uh, B, mm. the camera goes in and out of being from the perspective of Jake as he kicks his way free, knocking military soldiers off of a wall. Or C, Jake falls <laughs> in a hole and meets Nicolas Cage. It has to be C. I hope okay. it's C. Okay, so here's what I'm putting myself in Jake's shoes as Jake. And yeah, I want it to be C, even though B would be very technically like hilarious, like kind of like a hardcore Henry situation. See, yeah, but I, I think this movie, from what Alex mentioned, this movie's awful. And I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want it to be C so badly. Yeah. You know what? C. Final answer. Uh, the correct answer is all of the above. All of those things happen. 
<laughs> there is an extended action sequence where uh, his ninja friend, who you've never seen or met before, breaks him out. And then as he's being broken out, it cuts into his perspective and he kicks people off of walls for several minutes. Uh, and then they get into another fight. He gets recaptured by the military. Uh, and then as he's running away with another military person, he falls in a hole and meets Nicolas Cage. Wow. I do have one more, one more question. Uh, what's the, what is Brax the alien's weakness? Bullets, fire, or Nick Cage's sharpened steel? <laughs> uh, for the sake of this bracket, I hope it's it, Nick Cage's yeah, the, sharpened steel. The Nick steel. Cage, it's gotta be the sharpened steel. Nope, it's fire. Uh, Jake Aww. puts a grenade in its chest uh, and it blows up um, as he kicks the alien through the portal, destroying the portal. Oh, so, it's, so it's explosive. It's not fire, it's just a fucking grenade. Wait. So well, this no, whole no, the time fire stops his regeneration. This whole time, these jujitsu fighters have been sacrificing nine people every six years, and they just could have gotten high <laughs> explosives and just like, what if they just set up a bunch of C four at the portal and wait for him to come through and blow him to hell? Like, Why don't they just destroy the portal before the alien comes in the six years? Literally, it ends with that he kicks him through the portal with a grenade in his chest and it blows up the portal. So like, and, and did they racks. just not know so what the fuck grenades didn't they were? just like, do that? <laughs> so Nick Cage is not the main character in this movie. No, Nick Cage like is disappointingly the alien. in very little of this movie. Do you think the movie would have been better if there was more Nick Cage? Yes, except for the fact that his character does not fit the movie at all. Like, he is in this movie just so they could say, look, Nicolas Cage is in this movie. It's really bad, guys. Nice. Uh, So that's my dishonorable mention. Uh, Do you want to speed through a couple honorable mentions from the audience? For sure, let's do it. Raising Arizona, someone suggested. um, I've seen this movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember it was good. Yeah. Uh, The other one I know I saw mentioned a handful of times is Moonstruck. Yeah, which that feels like, I mean, Sharon, Nick Cage. Why? Uh, imagine if they like were together, you know, in real life. So much power. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think it must have been hard to film that movie because because Sharon, Nick Cage can't be in the same room. Otherwise, the, the universe will explode because they're both so powerful. Mm-hmm. One that I, I know you guys haven't seen, but it also got shouted out by a fan. Uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. That's just an objectively like it's one of those objective like I think it's a good movie. I think it has like an 86 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's by it's directed hmm. by uh, Werner Herzog. Like it's it's good. It has Eva Mendez wow. in it. Like it's one of those things where like Nick, uh, Nicholas Cage pays someone with a drug addiction, uh, but he's an old cop and, you know, whatever. And he's doing his things with his rookie partner and he has a prostitute like girlfriend like sex worker girlfriend and it's a whole it's a whole ride but it's a pretty good ride like it's a pretty good movie and there's this iguana i think part of that movie was filmed in the building that my grandma lives in Ah. Hmm. how do you know that because i remember she was telling me that a while ago there was a whole buzz around her building because Nicolas Cage was filming a movie there. And I'm assuming it's this one because it, she's in New Orleans. You know, I know it's so funny. The like first line of this movie, when you look at the synopsis, is Terrence, the name of Nicolas Cage's character, is Terrence isn't doing so well. <laughs> he has a nasty painkiller addiction, courtesy of an injury he sustained while rescuing a prisoner during Katrina. Plus, there's his nice. alcoholic father boozy wife and like sex worker girlfriend and he's just been saddled with a rookie partner uh now he has to get his life together also jennifer coolidge is the boozy wife i want to just throw out a little guess that that is tonally at odds with the movie (laughs) you would be a (laughs) hundred percent correct that's so funny 
Well, thank you guys so much for sending in your honorable mentions. We really appreciate it. Like, keep on the lookout. Follow us on, you know, socials, Instagram, Twitter, at Tough Cut Pod. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, Nicolas Cage, there were so many movies. I mean, no one picks the crudes. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when when Grung is out there looking fine. <laughs> looking fine as wine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so many. There are ones that I haven't seen that probably would have been honorable mentions, like Color Out of Space and all that. Yeah, that that's a, a notable miss on, on yeah, my end as notable well. Notable miss so on I haven't seen it. But yeah, I mean, he's a wild dude, as you could tell by the way this bracket's gone. Wild dude. Very fun to talk about. Uh, so let's pick a winner, guys. Let's get it going. Let's do it. All right. Um, Jake, do you want to introduce Adaptation? I sure do. Yeah, coming up, I have a, a film in the finale. Woo! Uh, you did Adaptation. last time, too, You had one in the finale last time. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm doing well here. Uh, this one feels <laughs> like another to... asterisk, though. I feel like most of mine are asterisks uh, because animal protagonists, we had questionable picks. Anyway, uh, adaptation 2002, Spike Jones. Uh, you know, it's Nicolas Cage being a screenwriter, uh, real life screenwriter, Charlie Kaufman, and also his brother, Donald Kaufman. And, you know, it's exploring screenwriting as a narrative as Charlie tries to adapt the Orchid Thief and, you know, get a grip on life. And Donald fucks around and makes a script that wins a lot of money because he doesn't try to be intellectual and and dies. So what is the commentary there that you'll be punished for selling out? Well, you get punished for selling out. And if you don't masturbate, you can write a great script. So... Sorry, mm. screenwriters. Masturbation is the fool's tool for procrastination. <laughs> Instead, you just get out there and talk to women and have sex with women. That's what Donald does. That's, <laughs> I feel like Donald like has sex with everybody. You know, I feel like they should have explored that more. I would like that. Yeah, that's what they should have dedicated more time in this meta narrative <laughs> to. <laughs> cowards, cowards. And on the other side of this final this finale uh we've got face off uh released in 1997 directed by john Wu. you've got sean archer you've got caster troy the classic story of terrorist and counter-terrorist um and their faces come off they switch faces they try to thwart each other's plans live in each other's lives uh it's wild it's a pretty good action movie and a pretty good cage movie I'm going to say it, it's just a good action movie. Not not even just like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, no, it's, I, it's like, good, yeah. objectively. It is a good action movie. I think it, it like, without all of the layers that it has, I think the action scenes themselves are enough to justify, like, it's a good action movie. I think it it is beyond what I would expect a good action movie to have, though. I agree with why, that. Why don't you think this, like, action movie, like, really stands, like, you know, when people think of action movies? Like, I know we kind of talked about it before, but we didn't really go into it. Like, why didn't it? I think some of it is because, like, right around in its release, there are a lot of other, like, really famed action action movies from, like, the 90s. Which ones? The, the big one I think of off the top of my head, just because it's heralded, is, like, you know, one of the best action movies, particularly one of the best shootouts in cinema is The Heat. Or heat, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, that was like ninety five, ninety six. Got you. Um, so like that's like a big dog, and like it's like right, you know, it's like right up in the in the same time period. But I, I genuinely don't know because I think that history should favor Face Off more. It, it's it's so just creative, like a good dude. movie. Maybe it was too creative. Probably movie. ahead of its time. 
What if they they should do face, <laughs> face off, off two. two? Face off two. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag face off two, guys. Let's get it trending. Let's, yeah, yeah. We've got we've got the star power to get something up on those Dude, Twitter we have trends. The star power to like put stuff in the zeitgeist, you know. Yeah. I literally saw more stuff about Nicolas Cage, like just random tweets and whatever. Like no one talks about Nicolas Cage randomly unless they're obsessed like us, you know. Could be. Um, that there's some kind of black magic going on here that we have accessed the grand unconscious in some way that is beyond our own recognition, you know, or I'm actually doing it and I'm a witch. Yeah, I mean, it's the same same concept. Oh, Mission <laughs> Impossible also came out right right around the same uh, time. OK, yeah. So there was no, ch- and, there was no um, chance. The, the first Die Hard was an 88. So I'm sure sequels had been going. Yeah. So I think it was just like unfortunate timing in some ways. Yeah. A funny thing I want to talk about in terms of adaptation, I don't know if you guys have this, and maybe it's my, like, little animal brain, but whenever (laughs) we say Donald, I picture Donald Duck, and it's (laughs) so strange to consider Donald Duck as Charlie Kaufman's brother, because it puts such an interesting spin on the whole movie. (laughs) Does anyone have a good Donald impression? Matthew's just fucking choking. Can someone send uh, someone to his house? That wasn't me. Oh, was it not? I just, I'm so used to Matthew growling at us that I just assumed that it was him. <laughs> I, um, I don't have that problem, Alex. Um, <laughs> so. All right, no, let's just stop there. I don't want to hear anything else. All right, I'm ready to vote. <laughs> cool, Which okay, that's, yeah. makes you think of Donald Duck more? Let's get into it. This is the Donald Duck bracket now. <laughs> as it should be, as it should be. So uh, I know it's a, a piece we've come, we've talked about at least a little bit with basically everything. But obsession, I think, comes up again in both of these films. It really just is like a cornerstone of theming in Nicolas Cage's filmography. For sure. You very clearly have this obsession uh, that Sean Archer has this obsession with catching Caster Troy to like redeem his son's death or, you know, find some solace and catching him, you know, and he finally comes to terms with that by getting the scar removed. And then like comparatively adaptation is in a lot of ways, fundamentally a story about obsession or the search for obsession slash passion. So which obsession like do you feel is, is like a better, like not a better, like how do they handle obsession? Do they have more to say in adaptation? I I think adaptation has more to, to like comment on about it. Like face off. It's simply like a, like a motivational piece for yeah. um, Sean Archer compared to adaptation is in a lot of ways, a story about obsession, obsession with the, the orchids obsession with your story, obsession with people. Yeah. And I mean, you have to also like probably take in mind that like for a film, like face off, like an action movie obsession is probably just one of those buzzwords they can use in their tagline or their pitch meeting. Whereas when Charlie Kaufman's writing about obsession, it's probably very like, specific and thought out or whatever they were probably more thinking of like how are we going to get yeah. the, those faces off you, you yeah. know when making face <laughs> off like how are we going to do that yeah. i can't believe so I they actually did that that's crazy what took the faces off yeah you mm-hmm. know you know that nicholas cage is actually john travolta now right and vice versa oh i forgot that they well no they switched him back at the end oh that's right do you guys think face off was always the planned name for this movie <laughs> It, or it was like the the um, working title and they just left it. <laughs> they just it was the title they did better. to like make people get away from like the press. But they're just like, you know what? Fuck it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick with it. Wow. That's Honestly, fantastic. that might be true. 
They they added the slash. <laughs> they, yes, added they added the slash, the slash. and that's what made it <laughs> cinematic. That's fantastic. Maybe the slash is what, what made it. What if it was going to be like it. it was going to be like face action or like trade off <laughs> yeah, t- or something, and they couldn't decide, so they just did face <laughs> slash off. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a typo. It was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the Wikipedia page for face off right now, and at the bottom, like of the just intro paragraph at the top, it says a sequel is currently in the works. Right now, the working title is Face Off, Facelift, to be delivered by Godzilla vs. Kong director. What? I want, I want to so burn that be... film, but I also want to watch that film, you know? That's I'm going to watch wild. that film. Con- considering the fact that there's been no announcement of like when that sequel's coming out, I imagine it's uh, not yeah. for quite a long time. Um, on a similar vein to what uh, Matthew was talking about, uh, it's so funny like having these films like come up and... This also has to do with something we've talked about on almost every episode, pretty sure every episode, but like, like fragile masculinity and like male ego and such are very prominent in both of these movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's so fun because an adaptation, it's like super purposeful, right? I mean, it's, it's super purposeful, like trying to break down what masculinity means and how like, you know, Charlie Kaufman doesn't feel masculine. It doesn't feel like he's a man or like whatever, but not like actually like in a machismo way, but in a very self-pitying way. Mm hmm. Which he he does that in a lot of his stuff, like and I'm thinking of ending things, for example, um, if people have seen that. Oh, yeah. I think Face Off does it in a more surprising way, which is very like the the this is where like we were talking about how interesting Face Off is as an action movie, because there's a lot of nuance in what they're trying to say about male rage and male masculinity and, and like, you know what that means I, I i think just the fact that the movie has like different framing styles for yeah. sean archer and caster troy is like so far above your average action film that like like they would never consider like in a transformers movie paying serious attention to like framing shots from the perspective of different characters and like what types of framing would be important to like characterize them um, so, like, mm-hmm. just that fact blows my mind in, like, retrospect on Face Off. Well, if you look at the way Michael Bay frames his explosions, some of these explosions oh, if you look are at the framed way from a lower he... angle. And <laughs> if, if you look at the way that he uh, gratuitously shoots Megan Fox in the first oh, Transformers, um, you instantly know that this is a commentary on masculinity. They literally sexualized, like, the daughter, right? Do you, do you remember when they have that whole oh my uh, God. Romeo and Juliet there... thing? Yeah, he has the fucking card in his pocket about Romeo and Juliet laws. Ah! Yeah, gross. Ugh, yeah. gross. That's so. Ah, why? Uh, yeah, man. Fa- face off is much better. Like, if anything, uh, you know, Alex called Matthew and I both out for this. You know, for like, kind of like the pretentious, like filmy boy pick of like adaptation, right? And why we like it so much. But I do like have a line for that in me. Like, I, I do love adaptation, especially from a screenwriter. <laughs> perspective but like face off the fact that it's surprisingly like has that poignant talk about masculinity is really like a lot a kind of like good points for me yeah that's something <laughs> that i'm i'm really considering of like it's uh, charlie kaufman adaptation like it's going to be deep it's going to have like it it has this like very intense meta narrative that you you see partway through it it's, it's meant to be there but you don't have to watch face off and see the depth in the movie but it's there if you like really look for it there's no it like it doesn't have to be there but it is it's uh it's so good i yeah. i truly love face off <laughs> it, it's it's something that's very very cool 
because I, I definitely think that the much to your point, Alex, the average person sitting down to go watch adaptation is going to watch adaptation in a critical light. They'll also mm-hmm. be surprised, though, which I think is interesting. I don't mean to cut you off, but like, I feel like it's also important to note that watching adaptation and just sitting down casually, you also can't do that. I feel like with Charlie Kaufman films, like, yeah, that's that's yeah. sort of what like that. That's speaking to the the point I was trying to make. Oh, go for it. Though, actually, I, I do think there's this really interesting piece where in the reverse situation and trying to separate the meta narrative from adaptation is also like in some ways possible, like there is still a coherent story structure to it. There is still like a, a story arc arising and falling action, a climax, etc., which isn't necessarily the case in every type of meta narrative, which I think is kind of interesting. That's true. I think, though, like the style of it itself kind of forces the perspective of the viewer to see it as a meta narrative, you know? you would have to try to watch adaptation without the meta narrative. Right. That is interesting. But that also begs for like repeat viewings in like a, in a, in a really, really interesting way. But that also may be, I, I could definitely see people watching adaptation once and be like, I'm good. Yeah. That's <laughs> a very fair response to that movie. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. I don't know. This is, totally off topic and i'm completely the swinging swinging the conversation in a totally different direction you're good um i don't know how much you guys know about lil nas Greek x and Roman yeah a mythology. lot so lil nas x he uh, <laughs> you know the nike thing like awful whether what are we talking about uh i was talking about greek and roman mythology oh like I mean, you know, do you guys know the history of castor and pollux as like characters in greek mythology pollux okay the only the only thing that's coming to my mind with pollux uh literally hunger games is that dude pollux who got his tongue removed on the train no for my hunger games fans out there you know <laughs> what i'm talking about i know nothing about that um, what I do know is that their twin brothers in Greek mythology, sons of Zeus, are were in the Trojan War. They were on the side of the Trojans. I just think like it's such an interesting like why why did he name them that? You mean Castor Troy and Sean Archer? Like, is there meaning to the name? No, Castor's brother was named Pollux. Oh my god! It it was Castor and Pollux. So I don't. I wonder I didn't why even they notice named that. Them. Yeah, yeah. So like that. Like they, again, they did weird. Like they did their research, man. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, like I, I can't find anything about why they're named that in the movie. On that note, though, on like a similar like vein, something I wanted to talk about, something we were excited about. Guys, we have four Nicolas Cage's. Four Cajizzies. Quadruple Cage. Yeah. The quadruple cage match. We we came into this bracket. We want the cage. Give us the cage. And we ended up with the two movies that have just chock full of cage. They're so, doubling the cage. Yeah, my question is, guys, like, what, what? Let's fight these cages. Like, what do you think? Literally in a fight, like who's who's winning? In we a, all we all in know. A literal, in a fight, in a literal fight, no guns, Castor no whatever. Troy, it's just fist. Castor Troy and Sean Archer beat the shit out of Charlie and Donald. <laughs> Charlie and Donald die so fast. No, I think um, Donald fights, dude. I have a feeling that Donald, Donald like fights, fights, but he gets fucked up. <laughs> he will die. Yeah, like, I, he'll fight I, back. Charlie won't. Charlie will run. <laughs> okay, here's the question. If Charlie and Donald run from Castor and Sean, will Sean and Castor catch them and kill them? 
Or will Charlie and Donald get away because Castor and Sean start fighting each other before they can catch Exactly. Them? That's my point. So I think I think that that th- there is a lot of context that depends in this situation, because I think Sean Archer has an undeniable like connection to to judicious process. Are, are, well, are you saying that basically that, you know, Sean Archer is literally trained and, you know, <laughs> Uh, in, uh, no, no, oh, no, you're n- saying that like he's part of like, oh, I'll follow the law. So like he exactly. wouldn't beat the, he like, wouldn't beat the shit if, out of if, Donald for no reason. If Charlie well, okay. and Donald. Think about this. What if what if Caster Troy convinces Sean Archer that Charlie and Donald killed his son? Or, Holy OK, shit. wait, wait, recontextualize this. We're taking this to an actual battlefield. OK, <laughs> this is the climax of the orchid thief. So they they have they have come up into the Florida Everglades it is public knowledge. Okay, we'll we'll twist the ending a little bit. We'll say that Charlie and Donald end up on the run in the Everglades. The other two, whatever they're, you know, uh, Susan, whatever they somehow the police get involved. And Sean Archer has been tasked with tracking the two down in an, a crazy twist of fate. That's like a suicide squad type situation. They call in <laughs> Caster Troy out of um, retirement, surprising <laughs> Sean Archer that he's still alive. And they're like, you guys have to find them in the Everglades. So now we're in an actual scenario. There's a law that's been broken. So there's reason for Sean Archer to be involved. How does this pan out? Here, Here's the thing. Are we writing a Donald ending or are we writing a Charlie ending here. I think no matter what the ending is, a certain moment has to happen and it can be twisted to be both perspectives. Caster Troy in the climactic moment will betray Sean Archer and it can either be a Donald ending where it's a sick action sequence where he (laughs) betrays him and gets away, leaving room for face off three. Get ready for the big ride, baby. (laughs) Uh, Or he will begin to betray him and then Sean Archer will eventually catch him, decide to let the Kaufmans go. Point and he'll be pointing a gun, have caught Caster Troy. Caster Troy's like, get ready for the big ride. And then an alligator will come up and eat Caster. Oh, no, but uh, I feel like Donald or Charlie have to die. One of them has to die. Ooh, switch from the actual movie. Instead of Donald dying, Charlie dies somehow. I like that. I like this ending. <laughs> oh, Charlie, like this so Charlie in, a, in a strange, like, I really don't know. Like, I, I'm tired of masturbating to a book. I don't know what's going on. He leaps in front of the gun, even though... <gasps> Like he thinks he's saving a life. So he's like, I need to experience life. I need to do whatever. But and then uh, Sean Archer's like, oh, my God, no, Caster Troy's getting away. But then he just gets eaten by (laughs) no matter what. So it's just Donald and Sean Archer like, what the fuck? Uh, I guess we'll go home. And then face off three, the alligator takes Caster Troy's face and goes after Sean Archer to finish the meal. I think we did it. I love that there's four Nicolas Cages in it. Could you imagine four? Like Five if you count the alligators. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, they need a movie where it's Nicolas Cage playing, like, five. They, they need, like, a like a, okay. a Norbit or, like, a... <laughs> in real comparison of the double Nicolas Cages, though, I do have to say, and I know that my take on this, I think, is going to be pretty obvious based on the way that I talk about these movies. But I think that Face Off clearly has more Nicolas Cage moments than Adaptation does. I I get where you guys are coming from. Adaptation is a deep movie. It's incredibly well thought out. It's incredibly well written. But if we're talking about Nicolas Cage and Cajisms, it's got to be Face Off. 
there are a lot of good ones. There are a lot of really good kajisms in Face Off. I cannot think of a kajism that is in adaptation. Like there are good moments, but they're not Nicolas Cage moments. They're they're like he does them, but they're not like See, but they're not like the Nicolas thing. Cage Cage moments. The thi- the why I love adaptation as a Nicolas Cage movie specifically is because him playing Charlie Kaufman is so like it's so funny. Like if you know the Charlie Kaufman background, like whatever, it's just so fucking funny. Even if it's toned down and it's not like twerking to Ave Maria, like you know what I mean. It's so like it's a funny like depiction of a real life person. So because I I know less about Charlie the Kaufman the man than you do, Jake. Um, and I thought adaptation was fantastic. I thought that there was a lot of super funny moments. What about knowing Charlie Kaufman and specifically Nicolas Cage's portrayal like amps up that experience? I think it's because so there's this like narcissism and like self-indulgent of like putting Nicolas Cage like in this movie where like Charlie Kaufman is a very like actively skittish and like weirdly like people like make fun of him behind Hollywood, especially when he was first starting out like all the time. And, but he has like a lot of sway because his ideas are unique and like whatever. And people were really like vibing with it because of uh, John Malkovich and whatever. And (laughs) just having like Nicholas Cage play this sweaty, like over the top, like he even mentions it in a line here. He's like, I wonder who I'm going to get to play me. I forget who he mentions instead. I forget the, I forget the name of the actor, but it's clearly not, Nicholas Cage being sweaty and like fat and like you know like this like meager self-loathing character literally, so it's posing Nick Cage who's known for this kind of crazy over the top mannerisms with this like self-loathing sort of depressive character so it's like that contrast though yeah, it, it's, their it's, real life personalities exactly it's basically exposing like Charlie Kaufman exposing himself but Nicholas Cage I think also in a way exposing him like I think he just makes fun of Charlie Kaufman the whole movie and that's what like that's what I don't know that's what the vibe I get from it so I think it's so fun and clever and like smart but like you're right Alex I'm not gonna say you're wrong that Face Off doesn't have more kajisms and it's outwardly funny <laughs> but just something but about like Nick Cage face being off. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 very it's it's funny in a different way because it it also shows like I think Nicolas Cage's range a bit more. I agree with that. You know, like I, I, he, he could be like fu- it, it still feels like Nick Cage to me, but it is such a toned. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think both of these movies demonstrate some range from Cage in interesting ways because we get to see like Sean Archer and Caster Troy who are fundamentally very different people and we get to see Cage like actually take on physical mannerisms and sort of speech quirks of both of them in like a really cool way but they are still to I think some of what you're getting at Jake these kind of roguish um big character dudes whereas in adaptation the two cages we get to see are this like meek and self-loathing versus the more boisterous and confident Donald I don't know that I totally agree with that because I think you see you see Nicolas Cage as this loud you know you see him as Caster Troy but then when he's Sean Archer I think there's this depth to him that that you're kind of putting aside that's like he is a shy relatively quiet he's like a hard-nosed government type yeah that's true but like but then he's that meek character, like the the like nerd character trying to play up the the rogue. So like you see him as a rogue, but it's two completely different rogues that I think is yeah, so it's, interesting. It's frustrating because and, and, and a point that you mentioned before, Alex, where like we don't get to see Nicolas Cage fully be Nicolas Cage in face off. If anything, like I'm really thinking and, and really loving 
that basically John Travolta feels like Nicolas Cage. So it's almost like the same thing where it's like Nicolas Cage in adaptation feels like a dramatized Charlie Kaufman, which is hilarious to me. But John Travolta in Face Off feels like a uh, dramatized <laughs> Nicolas Cage. So it's it's literally like the same thing, and it's fucking with my mind right now, guys. And I don't or, know what to do. An extra half cage in Face oh Off from John Travolta. Oh my so gosh. two cages versus two and a half cages. Something to a think. Question on. that I think is worth bringing up: Which movie do you think? has the better Donald ending because adaptation I think Ooh. gets into a Donald ending and face off certainly does the moment in face off when they're having the like shootout and the fight in the church. And then like when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, this has to be the end of the movie. And then all of a sudden they get in a car and they drive away. And I'm like, okay, it's a car chase. And then all of a sudden they're in boats and they're like driving their boats around them. And it's a boat chase. Oh, so good. Okay. That boat chase is one of the best chase scenes I have ever seen. <laughs> he drives that, though, a flaming boat, <laughs> drives a flaming boat through another boat and it explodes. That is so cool. Added on top of that, I do have to say something I didn't get a chance to say for that standoff. It's so dumb. I love it. That lady <laughs> gave him the chair. Like she gave him the chair out of nowhere. She just slams a chair into. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like is this oh. just gonna turn into wwe but here's the thing alex you have to keep in mind like i may prefer a charlie ending you know but i don't think adaptation has a charlie ending it has a donald ending so i one i i think at least from the high level both of these certainly look like donald endings i think that's part of the point in um adaptation for sure however the the way the meta narrative is posed I think the question becomes for adaptation is whether or not you think it's Charlie Kaufman, real life Charlie Kaufman selling out or satirizing. And honestly, it's probably a bit of both, because if it's from a satirical angle, it becomes, I think, a Charlie ending in movie. But if it's from like a real life selling out, it's certainly a Donald ending. And then the gray area that it probably realistically falls into, I think, opens up the room for debate a little bit, you know? Well, so I think I think an important distinction that you guys don't seem to have or or don't seem to, to think of this way is that a Donald ending, I don't think is selling out. I think a Donald end because he's not writing it because he wants to make a lot of money off of it. He's writing it because he he enjoys that and he thinks other people will enjoy that. And so what I want to throw at you is that face off. Well, I don't know that I would say it is equally nuanced does have a nuanced ending and they don't do that big boat chase because they think it will make a lot of money. They do the big boat chase because it's fucking awesome. You know, <laughs> like, so I, I want to bring, like, I don't want Donald endings to be thought of as selling out because I truly and don't think they are. I, I think selling out was maybe just a poor choice of word. I think it, like it's it's not Charlie Kaufman selling out as in he's trying to make an ending that's going to appeal to more people. It's selling out on his principles, I think is more what I was trying to get to of like trying to live outside the boundaries of screenwriting rules and choosing to write a story that falls within those means than it is monetarily yeah. selling out. Yeah, I, I I don't view it as monetarily selling out either, but that is a good to say. Like I, I I do think you you raise a good point though. It is so I I'm so I'm really conflicted, guys. And and the more I think about these films, the more that they really do have a lot in common when it comes to like Nick Cage. You know what I mean? Like really what he's do. trying to do in these movies <laughs> and oh it's fuck it's really messing with my brain and i just need to guys what if 
Could you imagine if adaptation, like the end of adaptation was actually cut to, you see a trailer for a movie and it's the trailer for Face Off. Oh my God. <laughs> like he writes Face Off. That would uh, hurt my brain. Oh I, God, I, I think would that die. this, this is like the, the matchup where my brain has like oscillated back and forth about which way I want to vote on this these two. This is left brain, I, right brain. This is literally like, I like Oreos honestly, and that, that like versus might be a, Rubik's a decent cubes. way to do it. <laughs> oh, Bo Burnham, where are you? I need you. What would he vote for? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's about time. Like, unless anyone has like other things they want to say, it's about time for us to vote. And I really don't know where I'm at. Uh, who would have thunk that a John Woo action film um, <laughs> is going toe to toe with the the Charlie Kaufman uh, script? This was a good bracket, guys. I'm I'm very proud of us. <laughs> hey, look at look! You had an arc this bracket, Alex. You had a. I'm really struggling. This is. I walked out of the bracket, and at the end, you're like, "This is a good bracket." Well, I think what happened was I had very strong reactions to every single one of these movies, and then <laughs> for the most part, movies that I didn't like, either movies that I love or movies that I strongly dislike, moved on. And then I think we got in the finale. It was a movie that I was like. I like get it, but I don't really like it. And then face off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, face slash off. Thank you very much. It was a good bracket. It was a good bracket. And I had a lot of fun with it. There are more Nicolas Cage gems out yeah. there. It's so funny because I literally <laughs> I'm looking at my little sheet where I write down, you know, because we always write down these things. And I I'm given the things I voted for these movies every time up the bracket. So did I. They're like so good in such different ways. But then also, as we mentioned a little bit, there are these like really strange parallels um, almost in like what Nicolas Cage is trying to do. That's genuinely why I love this this like podcast and like what we're doing is because like I wouldn't have thought this. I would not have compared adaptation and face off. And yet they you know, they couldn't be more different, but they they have such similarities. It's so fun to talk about. And I, I, I love so it. I want to I want to make a pitch. I think I think it's pretty clear that I'm voting for face off. I'm going to make a pitch for why I think you guys need to vote for face off in order <laughs> to stay true to the way that you have been voting since the beginning of this bracket. Which philosophical consistency is big for me. I'm I'm more pleading to Jake's philosophical consistency than <laughs> Matt because this isn't as true for Matt. I think well actually in a way it is. I think adaptation very smart movie does what it's trying to do very well. But I think what face off tried to do was lift up the action genre and make it something more than what it had been previously. You've got the depth, you well, this stupid idea, but it carries so much and it brings so much to the movie, the surprising amount of depth that it has. I think Face Off tried to lift up the action genre. And Jake, you've said from the beginning how much you care about genre Aww. and movies doing things for genre. Matt, you did the same thing with Dark Knight. In order to stay philosophically consistent, which, of course, Jake, I don't expect you to, but I hope <laughs> that you will. Um, in order to stay philosophically consistent, I think Face Off should be a unanimous winner. So here's the here's my thing. Yeah, I was going to say I love the speech. It is a good point. But if anyone doesn't care about philosophical if, consistency, if it's care about philosophical consistency, it would be Jake yeah. on this podcast. I, I love perhaps, I love the perhaps chaos my pleads, my Perhaps my pleading will fall on Matt's ears. <sighs> That's a good point. Wow. I, I, I'm I'm very happy that I genuinely go into these not knowing what I'm voting for. Uh, and <laughs> Alex is like, what I, a nice experience that would I be. I wish I had that experience. 
next one because you have no prior <laughs> conceptions about the thing we're talking about next week. Yeah, guys, <laughs> uh, we, we will, you know, we have a fun, fun next week. Before we get into what we're voting for, uh, we have a special announcement. We're really excited. Next week, we're going to take a break from the bracket style and we're going to go into a one-off style. Take it away, Alex. What are we talking about? Coming up next week, we have a special little bonus episode for you. Instead of jumping right into our next bracket, we're going to do an entire bracket in one episode. That's right. We're talking about the Goosebumps TV show. (laughs) Hell of a baker's dozen. Six episodes go in. One will exit as the winner. It's going to be fast paced. It's going to be wild. It's going to be pretty crazy. And to make it even more complicated, we're bringing a guest on who will be helping us talk about these episodes. Uh, it's going to be so And to much make fun, it guys. even more complicated, we're randomizing these episodes. That's right. None of us get picks. So we're going in completely blind for <laughs> Just you guys. Just a random Goosebumps <laughs> episode. Yep. We, we pulled six random ones. We threw them all up in a randomizer. And a random number generator gave us this bracket. Um, it's a beautiful selection. Um, thank you so much for listening to the episode. It's not done yet. Stay tuned to the end for lots of answers about who the winner is. I hated that. I'm not going to lie to you. I hated it. <laughs> I'll probably cut it out. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the Tough Cut Podcast. For more content, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Tough Cut Pod. Follow us for funny movie reviews on Letterboxd. With that, let's do our vote. I'm voting for Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you can go next. All right. All right. I am. <sighs> My brain's like, wait, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> so is mine. I am voting for Face Off. Well, look at that, guys. Guess what? Against all odds. I'm also voting for Face Off. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I do want to explain myself. I I, I do love adaptation, like everything it stands for. Like I said, I think it's very funny, like, but surprisingly funny. But I think it's not as obtainably funny for other people. And I take that into consideration. But also, Hmm. I think the the gall of John Travolta portraying Nicolas Cage and what that (laughs) means for a Nicolas Cage bracket is almost like, the perfect KG, like, you know, way to win this. It really wasn't like, yeah, Nicholas yeah. Cage, yeah, the Ave Maria, like, twerking, whatever, beautiful, brilliant. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage, just in general, playing John Travolta is also pretty fun sometimes. But the fact that John Travolta can play Nicholas Cage and that feel like, still feel like Nick Cage, I, yeah, <laughs> I just, I think Face Off is the proper winner for this bracket. I do love you, Adaptation. Uh, you know, you're a great film, but wow, oh, wow face off i i pretty much agree on all accounts jake adaptation is a stellar movie everyone should watch it you should also watch face off for a dis like for that distilled cage experience here you're putting them in a juicer and just wringing out the towel face off so good you get so much cage for like per minute well guys we have a winner congrats to face off congrats to all the films in the bracket again it's a high honor to be on our bracket we're the real it's bracket. a big deal probably a bigger deal than getting nominated for an oscar i'd say hmm interesting you say that definitely definitely <laughs> wink 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 wink, wink. <laughs>
surprise things coming in future. Follow us on socials at Tough Cut Pod, Twitter, Letterbox, Instagram, all that jazz. Tweet at us if you really like hated that we decided we're going to do this or love that you decided that we're, you know, that face off did it. Uh, keep an eye out. We will be announcing, you know, which episodes will be speed running uh, goosebumps later on. Uh, keep an eye out for who our guest is. Woo. It could be anyone. Gore Verbinski. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it's a big announcement. A big <laughs> announcement. And I'm still looking for Twitter stands. So feel free to shoot me a resume. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works, right? <laughs> Uh, at least you're not asking for a cover letter. Jesus. Write us a haiku. Ooh. If we get a couple of beautiful haikus, Ooh, I really haiku. appreciate that. Oh, we really did. If, oh. if we got a haiku, if we got some good haikus, I'll read haikus on the podcast if people send us haikus. Yeah, that bonus episode is sure. going to be real <laughs> bloated. <laughs> and uh, ask your Uber drivers to, to play the show. I love how you really wanted to get that in at the end. <laughs> I'm gonna say this fucking point. Ask your fucking Uber drivers. Oh my god. That oh that made my day. Alright. See you next week. <laughs>